29 and 18, Proverbs 29 and 18. There's literally four different directions that we could go this morning with the message, and so I know this is where we're going to start, and um, I've, I've taught it this way for years. You know, you can't steer a parked car. You've got to get the car rolling, and, and then you can steer it. And so uh, we just believe and just agree with me this morning. The Holy Spirit's going to steer us and direct us, but we're going to start rolling here uh, in Proverbs 29 and 18. I'm going to put the verse on the screen first in the King James Version. Um, the King James Version, Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And that word perish there doesn't just mean die, but it's speaking of a lost potential. It's, it's speaking of what something could have been, what something could have become, what something could have you know, could have done, could have accomplished, what have you, uh, but was never realized. The potential that resided within something uh, was lost. Uh, so the word is strategically used there, perish. So perish connects this uh, Bible verse with the idea of lost potential. And, and then this word vision, where there's no vision, the people perish. Um, a lot of times you'll you'll hear this verse used, and I've certainly used it in this capacity, um, to talk about setting goals for your life. Sometimes you'll uh, hear this like around a New Year's message, um, you know, first of, the, the, of a new year, um, where we talk about seeking God for uh, your, your new year coming up and this fresh calendar and fresh slate, so to speak, and, and that, you know, we should have goals. And you hear cliches like if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time, and that, that kind of thought, you know. Um, but this word does carry that meaning, but it carries a much deeper and richer meaning along with it as well. Um, the idea behind this word vision here, it, it, it carries with it this idea of revelation, um, where things are being revealed to us that we've never seen before. Things are being shown to us and and, and, and we're, we're receiving an understanding of things uh, at a level, at a depth that we've never understood before. Jesus said, the Word of God says, both Old Testament and New Testament, that you do not live by bread alone. And, of course, he's talking about the physical food that fuels and sustains your outward man. But we need much more than physical bread to, to achieve our full potential. Um, and so this same verse here, Proverbs 29, 18, in the New King James Version, it says, where there is no revelation, not just vision, but where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Now, the Bible uses this terminology, and I'm not going to try to teach on all of these this morning, but just if I could mention them, remind or introduce them to you. But we see the Bible uses the words um, uh, grace for grace, um, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And the idea behind that is he's, all of those uh, expressions are communicating the way that we grow in steps, and in stages, um, incrementally. Um, we could say it this way, from one level to the other, 
uh, from one level to the next and then to the next and then to the next. Aren't you glad that our best days are still ahead of us? Aren't you glad that your greatest days are not in your past, but they're in your future? Aren't you glad that because we walk with the King of Kings, that there's things that we don't know yet, but as we learn them from Him, they're going to absolutely revolutionize our life. They're going to absolutely revolutionize um, our outward man in reality and our inward man in reality. Aren't you glad that, that there are still things that we don't know yet that's going to help you overcome that depression that you've battled with for so long? Aren't you glad that, that there's still things that we can learn that can enable us to overcome and, and, to, and, to, and to rise above? Are you hearing me this morning? Praise God. You know, the Bible always, uh, and, and Jesus even did this, he, he connected uh, promotion and prosperity with persecution. He said, you just, you just got to know that, that as, as you grow and, 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 and as you prosper, that not everybody's going to be happy with you. Amen. And um, I'm not even here to talk about it in detail, but there's some folks that are not happy with this book. Amen. They're offended by it. And, and, um, and, and had some negative things to say about it. That's okay. Amen. They had negative things to say about Jesus. And, and, and I, I please don't even, don't even get defensive or offended by any of that. But as I've just simply prayed for those people, it's very sad to me uh, that there are folks who don't know that they can have something more that they don't know that there's more available, that they don't understand that there's levels of victory that none of us have tapped into. There's levels of prosperity that none of us have, have lived in yet and walked in yet. There's levels of power and authority and, and, and vision and revelation that none of us have seen yet, but yet it's there for us. And, and the Holy Spirit, right, as we walk alongside Jesus, He said, what did Jesus say? He would lead you and guide you into all truth. Just curious, and you don't have to raise your hand. Just, I'm more interested in you answering it and recognizing it in your heart. Is there anybody in this room this morning that the truth of God's Word has made a difference in your life? Anybody? Anybody? It's changed you in some way? It's helped you in some way? It's, it's put you over the top of some situation in some way? That's the power of God's truth. Do you know all truth this morning? Have you been led into all the truth there is to be led into yet this morning? I know I haven't. Praise God. And so it's, it's not, you know, I don't, I don't want someone who's still struggling with addiction to be offended by the book. I want them to be encouraged by it. I want them to be like, my goodness, there's something more out there for me. And, and I want to understand and know uh, what that is. I'll never forget when the Lord uh, supernaturally uh, enabled Matt and Vanessa to conceive when the doctor said it never happened and it was a miracle. Uh, all children, I guess, are, are miracles, but in, in the case of both Jesse and Daniel being conceived. It, it was much prayer, belief, fasting, standing on the word, confessing the word. And I'll never forget, we were at a church and they, they just simply shared the testimony of the goodness of God and, the, and, and, and what God had done in their lives. And there were a few women there that were also struggling to conceive. And um, oh my goodness gracious, some of them became so offended. The pastor became so offended. How could you be so insensitive to give a testimony about this when you know good and well there are other people in the room that want a baby so bad? And, they, and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? The Bible says that in the testimony there's the spirit of prophecy. That you can hear somebody else testifying of a breakthrough in their life and there's power in that testimony to produce that same result in yours. Don't get offended by it. 
If somebody else has experienced that kind of result in their life, you can experience it in yours. Don't be offended. Don't, no, it's like, praise God, if He did it for them, He'll do it for me. Do you see the difference in that right there? All about the attitude. All about the attitude of the heart. Amen. Amen. And by the way, there are quite a few men and women in this room who went from what the world calls hopelessly addicted I'm looking at quite a few of you right now that are now threats to addiction and the darkness behind it. Amen. So you've come too late to tell me that this is bogus. Are you, you've come too late to tell me this, can't, this is impossible because there's so many of you right here in this room this morning that are now a threat to the very thing that almost killed you. Amen. But see, with God, all things. Now, with man, there are all kinds of things that are not possible. But with God, come on now, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. He said, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there's, where there's, when, when, when the Word of God and the truth of God and the wisdom of God is not, is not unfolding in your life in a progressive way. That's the word that I left out a moment ago. When we talk about from uh, uh, grace for grace, faith to faith, glory to glory, we're talking about a progressive growth, progressive development, where we're learning more. And, and the more we learn, notice that this passage so powerfully connects together God revealing things to you, Father revealing things to you that you've never known or understood before uh, from His truth and His wisdom and how that revelation unlocks, releases your potential. It unlocks, it releases your potential. Now, without the revelation, we see the opposite. We don't see progression, we see digression. Without the truth of God feeding you inwardly. We don't live by bread alone. Remember now, we don't live by bread alone. Without the truth of God progressively being revealed to you, uh, one revelation leading you to the next, leading you to the next, leading you to the next, the truth of God being planted in your heart and, 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 and that truth producing results in your life, which then produces more seed, which produces more results in your life, right? It's, it's, the, it's the exponential power of a seed. But if that's not happening in our lives, we grow stagnant and then we begin to go backwards. That's what Jesus said, to him who has more will be given, but to him who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Now that word cast off restraint means what? Just kind of whatever goes. Let's make it up as you go along. And of course, that's not how we were created by our Father to live. All right, now I know a lot of this is review. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 7. I'll put it up on the screen. 1 Corinthians 2 and 7. It says this, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Which He ordained before the ages for our glory. So now again, we see the wisdom of God. Remember, Jesus came to reveal wisdom to us by the parables he taught to us, wisdom, the Bible says, that had been kept a secret from the foundations of the world. Wisdom that had been kept a secret, now revealed, now made available for you and me. And notice that God ordained this wisdom for your glory. 
Again, that glory is speaking of the potential that you have within yourself, potential that God put there, that requires revelation in order for it to be released. We briefly mentioned this last Sunday evening. I know some of you were not able to be here, so let me just again show you a practical example of this. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3 says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's the way the King James Version puts it. The New King James basically says He's given. Has given, has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That means every human being on planet earth has been given faith. Okay? We said Sunday, Wednesday night, two weeks ago, that the measure of faith that resides within you right now represents the greatest untapped potential in your life. Because that faith, the Bible says, is the victory that overcomes everything in this world. The faith that you have on board right now will remove any obstacle out of your way. The faith that you have on board right now, right? We sang at the top of our lungs this morning, mountains be cast down, valleys be raised, right? Faith is what casts mountains down. Faith is what raises the low places. Faith is how we overcome. You were created and designed by God to solve problems with faith and by faith. Amen. So notice now, that faith represents the greatest untapped potential in your life. What do we need in order to release the faith potential every person in this room has? We need revelation. Are you following me? We, we've got faith, but we don't know what to do with it. We've got faith, but we don't know how to use it. We've got faith, but we don't know how to walk in it. We've got faith, but we don't know how to leverage that faith to see a tangible, verifiable, measurable difference made in our lives. So do you see this powerful connection between God revealing truth to you and that truth releasing the potential that He's invested within you? Come on now, is anybody with me this morning? I... Sister Pam and I, we had a long conversation about all this on Friday. And I told her, I said, baby, I, you know, I'm, it's going on eight months now. Going on eight months now, we've been uh, on this general subject, this general topic of giving God the place that he deserves in our lives. Amen. And I told her, I said, you know, I, Pam, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, baby, I, I don't see any end in sight on this right now. And I, I hope that doesn't discourage you. I know some folks are like, when's he going to move on already? But listen to me, please. If we don't get this part, nothing else we could talk about is ever going to have the same impact in our lives, right, that it should otherwise have. Because if we do not give him the place he deserves in our lives, it literally slams the door on his ability to reveal the truth to us that will release the potential that's already inside of us. Do I need to remind you that you have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, that you have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. Amen. He's withheld no good thing from you. He's given you his kingdom. He's given you his name. He's given you a position, 
seated together with Him in the heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. All of these things are yours right now, which means every human being in this room, especially every born again, let me say it that way, every born again believer in this room, Romans chapter 5 says, you should be ruling and reigning in life through the one Christ Jesus. Why am I not? Why are you not? Why are we not? It's not because we don't have the potential. It's because we don't have the revelation. We don't have the revelation. Now, revelation, listen to me, please. Revelation is not just the how-to. Are you with me? It's, it's not, I'm not just saying that we don't know how to. That is part of it. Let's go back to it. Some of us... Some of us in this room, we do not yet have the revelation. You've heard me say it so many times if you've been listening, right? I know you have. But we do not yet have the revelation that faith is inside of me. The God kind of faith is inside of me. Father broke off a piece of his faith and put it in your heart. He broke off another piece of his faith and put it in, in my heart. You understand what I'm saying? The God kind of faith, the faith that breathed galaxies out of the mouth of God is inside of you right now. The faith that created the universe is inside of you right now. The faith that said and caused light to be when God the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God Jesus were released on that day of creation. That same faith is in you right now. We, see, a lot of people don't have that revelation of that. Faith that will literally move a mountain into the ocean is in you right now. The same faith that cast out devils, the same faith we see demonstrated in the life of Jesus that took a little boy's lunch and fed a starving crowd of thousands. You've got that same faith in you. The God kind of faith is how it's translated in Mark 11. You have the God kind of faith inside of you right now. Not some watered-down version that this world tries to negotiate you into a lesser-than position. No, the God kind of faith, the pure stuff in you right now. Do you see why it's the greatest untapped potential? <laughs> so what, what do we, how do we release that potential, Pastor Mark? How do we tap into that? Only by revelation. In other words, I could sit here for the next 30 minutes telling you about the faith that's inside of you, but unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, so now notice how these from faith to faith, from glory to glory, the progression that we're talking about. If you have no revelation of the faith that's in you, what good is revelation from God on how to release that faith going to do you? If you don't, you always think he's talking about somebody else. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, it's like, okay, well, I got all these notes about how to release faith, but man, I just wish I had me some. No, you, you see, again, it's, it's the revelation that we're lacking. Not the potential. Not the potential. All right, let's, um, let me try to connect a couple of things together and we'll, we'll close this down for, for today. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus gives us a principle, okay? It's Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 12. I'll put it up on the screen. It says, for whoever has... To him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. 
Now, if you're one of those folks who insist on believing that it's all up to God and has nothing to do with you, you're not going to like this part of the Bible. But again, this is not bad news. This is good news. The good news is there is something that we can do on our end, amen, that will tremendously affect and impact what we're able to see and have revealed to us and the results that it produces or something that we can refuse to do that will keep us blinded to it and living as if none of it is even real. Now, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus, and this was something, I guess I've known this, but the Holy Spirit really reminded me of it uh, recently. And that is, Jesus used this expression of truth in connection with other things that he taught. In other words, when he says, whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Here Jesus is using this in connection with the Word of God being planted in our hearts. And our being able to receive what only the Word of God can produce, the, the fruit, if you will, that's in the Word of God. The Bible says that Word is rich with God's power to prosper in your life and to accomplish things in your life. But the parable that this verse uh, 12 is connected to is about the Word of God represented as a seed and the condition or attitude of a man or a woman's heart towards that word being the soil condition that seed lands upon. And so basically without going through all that, again, the, the right attitude towards the word will cause that word to, to put down roots in your life, will cause it to, to spring up and grow healthy and produce uh, 30, 60, 100 fold harvest, return, benefit in your life. But we also see that a wrong attitude towards the Word will literally cause a man or a woman to never even understand what God is saying and allow the enemy to come and steal that Word, take away from them what they've been given. Are you seeing this? Yes? Alright, so in Matthew 13 and 12 when Jesus uses this expression of truth, Whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. I haven't shared you this verse in the Passion. That, let me put it up on the screen real quick. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding they think they have will be taken from them. All right? So that's Matthew 13, 12 in the Passion Translation. And, and of course, what we're seeing here is your ability to see, your ability to hear, your ability to understand the Word, and then ultimately receive results from the Word in your life. It's directly connected to your attitude towards the Word or the place that you give Jesus and His words in your life. The value and priority you give the Word will be reflected in your time and effort devoted to the Word and ultimately your obedience to what he is saying to us. All right, now, let me, again, I want to, let's go to Matthew chapter 25 now. And I know it's pretty obvious, but notice we're no longer in Matthew 13. We've gone to Matthew 25, 
which means we've left the parable of the sower uh, where it's found in, verse, in chapter 13, and we've moved to a new chapter. But in Matthew 25, guess what? We have another parable. And actually, we have more than one parable here. Um, the one in particular that I want us to look at this morning begins in verse number 14. Matthew 25 and verse number 14. And this is what Jesus said. He said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. All right? Who's familiar with this parable? Anybody? You, you heard this one before? Okay, now that's making me a little nervous. Either you're not listening or you haven't heard it. That makes me almost think we need to go through all of it. But let me just real quickly point out to you that he's saying this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And, and we see that talents are given according to individual ability. Do you see how this is talking about potential here? In other words, one servant was given five talents because he had five talent potential. He, he had uh, the, the skills and the abilities uh, to handle uh, the responsibility connected with five talents. But then we see another servant was only given two talents because, again, he didn't have the same abilities as the man who was given five. And then we see that there was another servant who was given one talent because that was his ability. Now, when the, so immediately the, the master of the house went on, a, went on a journey and he returns later to see that the servant who was given five talents used those five talents and produced five additional talents, so for a total of ten. The one who was given two, he took those two talents, he, he invested them, he worked with them, and he gained the profit back uh, from that and, and, and had two more talents for a total of four. I think it's pretty clear, but let me point it out. These individuals, although they did not have the same ability, Notice what they both did. They both lived up to their potential. If the man had five talent ability and he was given five talents, right? And when the, when the ruler of the house came back and he had only earned two and a half talents, notice then that he had not put in his full effort. If he had five talent ability and that was recognized on the front end, and when, the, and when the master of the house returned, if he, if he had only given him two talents uh, back, then what would that be symbolizing? That he did not live up to his potential. That he did not achieve what it was that he had the ability to, to achieve or to accomplish. Are you seeing it? This is important, my friend, because if, if you're a born-again believer, your sin's already been judged the penalty's already been paid. The punishment's already been endured. The sentence has already been served. 
Okay? Jesus took care of that for you. But you will be judged one day. I will be judged one day. And you will be judged based upon what you've done with what you were given. Amen. And I for one am thankful that Father doesn't judge us all according to the same standard because we're not all cut from the same cookie, uh, from the same cookie cutter. You understand what I'm saying? We have different abilities. Some of you in here are very creative, artistic. Some of you in here are very musically gifted. Aren't you glad, would you raise your hand with me, that we're not going to be judged one day based on whether or not we can play a piano? It's like God's like, well, I can't reward you, son, because you, you just, you didn't play the piano. It's like, man, Lord, I, you know, again, because th that's not one of my talents. Are you seeing that? So Matt and Vanessa, you know, they play these instruments. You know, you say, man, I can't carry the tune in the proverbial bucket. Aren't you glad you are not going to be judged and rewarded one day based upon whether or not then you wrote a contemporary Christian music album? That's one of the things, though, this book represents right here is because I've been supposed to be doing this for a long time. The Lord's had mercy on me. Amen. So I've had the potential to do it, but I, I, for whatever reason, low self-esteem, can't do it, nobody read it if I do, blah, 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 right? Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I'm, one day if I stood before him, he's like, son, why didn't you write the books? Why didn't you write the books? I, I gave you the talent to write the book. I gave you the understanding and wisdom to write the book. I told you what to write in the books. You, you, do you ever look on your computer, son? You, I've, got, I've, got one, uh, uh, I've got one book outlined. The outline is 14,000 words. That's the book I sat down to write when this one popped out. Okay, I haven't got there yet, but I'm getting there. But the point I'm trying to make is... And he gave me every word. He gave me all 14,000 of those words. You understand what I'm saying? The, the structure of that book, I was in Steinmark writing it down on the back of an envelope as fast as I could write it down. That's how quickly he gave it to me. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So if I stand before him one day without having written that book, do you see? Now, if I stand before him one day and he's like, son, why did you put down the trombone? You know, I, he's not going, I don't think that's going to be an issue, right? I don't think, you know, amen. I can still see Mr. Hogan. He's with Jesus now, our band director. He kept, he kept going, wah, wah, Winslet, wah, wah. And I go, burr, 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 burr. He goes, that's not how a trombone sounds, Winslet. Wah, wah. And I, and I, I try to do my mouth like his, and I go, kr, kr. You know, it's like, oh, man, you know, praise God. Amen. I bring it home, Matt will pick it up and go, <laughs> like he was on, you know, Bourbon Street or something down in New Orleans, just playing that thing like crazy. I'm like, dude, what's up? You know, it's not my, it's not my talent. Are you hearing me? It's not my talent. I'm not, I'm, I won't be judged based upon what I did with the trombone. I will be based what I did with this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's what, it's, it's, it's what the Lord's put me on this earth to do. Are you, are you hearing me? This idea that, well, you know, Pastor Mark, I understand all that, just as long as I'm in. You're telling me I'm in, I'm in. If I'm in, I'm in, that's all I care about. You say that now. You say that now. But this life, in a lot of ways, is nothing more than a proving ground, preparing us for what's next. 
There will be people in this room in the life and and in the kingdom that is to come. You'll rule over multiple cities, the Bible says. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. He'll give you a position of honor and authority and, and rulership over cities based upon what you do in this life with what you've been given. All right? Now, this is what Jesus says. See if this sounds familiar. It's verse 29. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. We didn't talk about the guy who only had one talent ability and therefore was only given one talent. The Bible says that out of fear, he went and buried that talent in the ground, hid it, hid it, right? And when his master returned, he went to the place that he hid it, he dug it up, and he gave that one talent back to his master. Meaning what? He did nothing with the potential that he was given. And the master was furious. He said, the least you could have done was take it down to the bank so that it would have earned interest for me. But he didn't even do that, right? Fear. Greatest obstacle for me, obeying the Lord and launching Heritage Christian Center now 21 years ago in the children of my cabinet shop, fear. Greatest book right here, greatest barrier to writing this, fear. The Lord told me if I started a church, nobody would come, and if they did, I wouldn't have anything to tell them. The Lord told me that. I'm sorry, the devil told me that. The Lord did not tell me that. The devil told me that. And the devil told me that if I wrote this, nobody would read it. But, you know, I started thinking, you know, it seemed like you told me something similar to that before, devil, and that wasn't true, right? Didn't work out so good. Now, see, in those days, though, I had no idea what I would say, what, how, what I would preach. I, did, I, I really didn't. I know people, oh, you just play. No, no, I really, <laughs> I really didn't. But obviously the Lord did, right? Just take that step. It's from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We know more about it today than we knew when we first began. Amen? Singers, musicians, come on, please. I'm, I'm out of time. If you tire of me asking you this, please, I, I'm not trying to irritate you, and I'm not just looking for you to, to patronize me. Are, are you getting this? Are, is, this are, is this helping you? Are you understanding this? Obviously, there's more to be said here, but just if I could put a bow on this. Notice now, we have Jesus saying the same basic thing. To him who has more will be given. To him who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. We see this twice now. There's a couple of other places where it's used as well. But we see this twice now. The first one in connection with revelation, the second one in connection with potential. Right? Do you see it? 
if you don't try, we, we were told this when we were kids, right? If you don't try, you'll never know. If you don't try, you'll never know. I'm not trying to take something from the world and shoehorn it into the Bible, but if we don't take that step of faith, we'll never know. There's so much potential. So much potential. Dear friend Brady Wright, some of you may remember him. He um, overdosed and died, and thank God he was revived. Wife and children had left him. Somebody dropped him off at the foundry. I don't know if it was Jackie, somebody in the foyer led him to the Lord. Got born again in the foyer of the foundry the day he arrived there. And um, graduated discipleship class, graduated Highlands College. And uh, he's a pastor in Colorado now. I had the privilege of listening to one of his sermons on Friday. <laughs> Who would ever thunk it? Dead man from a heroin overdose, dropped off at the foundry, led to Jesus there in the lobby. Now a powerful, powerful preacher of the gospel. Amen. Potential. Potential. Amen. Stand with me. Father, you see these beautiful men and women Lord, standing before you today. Father, these are not my people, they're your people. We together as a group, myself included, Lord, we're your people. And we're members of one another. You're the great shepherd, Father. Thank you for allowing me one of the greatest honors of my life to serve as an under-shepherd for these men and women. A steward, Father, of the mysteries, a steward of the revelation, a steward serving in the household of God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're saying to all of us and thank you, Father, for giving us eyes to see it, ears to hear it, and not, not brains to understand it, Father, hearts to understand it. Father, that by your Holy Spirit, every person in this room would receive revelation of this key truth this morning, and that is, Father, our attitude towards your word has everything to do with what your word is able to accomplish in our lives place we give it has everything to do with whether or not we see it or remain blinded to it. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, Lord, for showing us. Thank you, Father, for revealing your truth to us. As we continue to give you place, as we continue to give your words place, value, Father, 
Like we said last Sunday morning, we only have eyes for you now. Father, I only understand just a small, small portion of the potential that's represented standing in this room. Father, what you must see when you see us. Oh, Father, what you know when you know us. The wisdom, Father, that you've put in place for our glory. The release, Father, of all that we're capable of. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Let's worship him for a moment before we go our separate ways.